Hallelujah. He preaches to me every time he preaches. Hallelujah. And I thank God for that. I thank God for a man of God that's sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I look forward to hearing what God has for us this morning. So if we could say it this morning, Brother Goff, preach to me. Brother Goff, preach to me. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. I said praise the Lord, everybody. Amen, amen, amen. Good to be in the house of God. Feel the richness of his good blessings uh, and seeing that God is capable and has kept his children another year. And we're here again to worship God in 2013. What an honor and a privilege it is to be in the house of God with each and every one of you. Amen. I want to mirror what Brother Brandon was saying. Uh, keep Pastor Riggin and Miss our prayers. Uh, I, I can't wait for him to get back, not just so he comes back, but I can't wait for the first message he preaches. <laughs> I see you guys are on the same vein of thought I am. I can't wait till the first message he preaches. I'm sure it's going to be a mighty word just to hear the voice of my pastor, but also I'm sure there will be reflections of his trip inside of this message, and I'm looking forward to it. Amen. Amen. Um, it is good to have every pew full today. And good to see those sitting and standing in the back. Um, no one listening live knows any different. Uh, so it's good to have everybody here today and uh, come early for uh, seats tonight and uh, bring a visitor if you can fit them in the door. Amen. Hallelujah. Always good to look out and see a packed house. Amen. Well, I want to get into the Word of God. We're going to jump into Amos chapter 3. We're going to read a very short text. Amos chapter 3 and verse 12. Uh, before I read my text, uh, the power of the right message preached has an impact on each and every one of us. And if you were to scroll through the website of newlifepc.com and scroll through every message, every message preached was either for a specific person, a specific problem, situation. It was pointed to something specific. It wasn't just words preached. It wasn't just time spent. It wasn't words that fell upon deaf ears. It met with somebody that service. That's how our God is. He's specific. He loves us enough to send us the word for us, each and every one of us. It may not apply for you today, it may not apply for you tomorrow, but there will be a come a time and a day where you'll look back at a message as I've done so many times before and say, thank God for pastor preaching the word of God. It will apply because it's relevant. Um, God knows exactly where you're at spiritually today and he has a word for you. Amen. I want God to speak to my heart. I'm going to be as simple as possible, my simplistic nature, keep everything simple, but we're going to jump into Amos. We're going to talk about the sinful nature of man, and my title for today's message is Remnants Left for a King. Remnants Left for a King. Amos chapter 3 and verse 12 says, Thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs, or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of the bed and in Damascus in a couch. Amen. Can we lay our Bibles down? Let's ask God to minister and talk to us each and every one today. Hallelujah, Master. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. What a wonderful Savior you are, God. Allow your word to speak to each and every one of us, God. 
Store it back in our memory, Master. Allow us, God, to draw from this word today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You're wonderful, Master. You're wonderful, Master. You're a great God to us today and forever, Master. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. I actually kind of like this configuration. I, I'm more comfortable when I'm down uh, on the ground level. I like it myself. I feel more connected, if you allow me to be so transparent. Um, to jump in today's message, remnants left for a king. Um, we can look back and we can look at ourselves and how we as people in our day-to-day -day lives, there's always something left over. Whether a meal, most generally, you look at your child's plate, there's going to be food left over, and no one's rushing up to clean that plate off and say, hey, you're going to finish that. Um, no one's going to run up to you in a restaurant as you're sending back half of a steak, and no one, as the plate goes by, is going to say, hey, hey, is he, going to, is he done with that? I want, to, I want that. No one is in their nature to do that unless someone is desperate. We find that God has each and every one of us offered up to him as remnants. None of us are complete or whole within ourselves, but God begs for us to come to him. He asks us, come as you are. Allow me to mend you and make you. We find through scripture, we see as the shepherd in our text watches over his flock and as everything seems normal, we see a bear in a familiar store. We all know a bear comes out and attacks a, a lamb and, and seeking the weak and the helpless and it grabs one. And then another story we read, there's a lion that comes out and grabs another lamb and, and there's somebody that comes to the rescue of the lamb. It's called a shepherd. Each and every one of us need a shepherd in our life. Each and every one of us needs somebody that watches out for our soul. It's the pastor that stands there and feels after God and reads the word of God and prays and get in tune with the Holy Ghost to find out just because some new fad comes along or something becomes mainstream in this world, it's him with his feelers out saying, you know, something just don't feel right about this. And it's our responsibility of saints to hear the word of God and say, Pastor, I trust you. It's that pastor's crook that's reaching and grabbing us out of the jaws of a lion or a bear and saying it's not right. You know, we may dabble in it. We may reach out and say it's all right. I'll do it for a while. But you're going to walk back with scars. You're going to walk back with something that needs to heal. Each and every one of us sit here today with scars. The word of God does not say that he's going to take away everything that's ever impacted our life. He says he'll take you and he'll wrap you in his arms and he'll love you like nobody else's love for you. He doesn't say he's going to take away every memory of every time someone's done you wrong. He never says in his scripture that he's going to just eradicate every wrong that's been done and every bad feeling you've ever had or every mindset you've ever had that's been against the church or God. God always takes care of his children, but he lets the scars linger to let you know how much you need him. We find in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 34, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. 
And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And he rose against me. And I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defiled, defied the armies of the living God. The tragic consequences of attacks from a sheep bore the rest of their lives a mark of an attack. If you've ever been driving down the road and you see a, a flock of sheep sitting out in the field, they look harmless. They're, they're white and you drive through there and you can tell by what time of the year it is. You see, oh man, their wool is in thick and you know they're getting ready for weather and it's going to get bad. They just look helpless out there. They don't have big horns. Their imposing stature is just a couple feet off the ground. They look as if anybody could go in there and take advantage of them. But there's a shepherd that keeps watch. Saints of God, we come and we gather in a sanctuary and we lift our hands and, and people see us as weak. We pray to someone that they do not see and they see us as weak. We talk about the goodness of God that we only have as words written down in a Bible and they see us as weak, leaning upon something when they think they can handle every situation on their own and there's no need to cry out to someone that no one ever hears respond. They see you as weak, but there's a shepherd that watches out for each and every one of us day and night. There's a shepherd that gets up in, in the middle of the night and prays and says your name and your name and gets on his knees and says, God, touch sister, brother. You know the situation they're going through. When no one else in the millions and billions of people is saying your name, there's a shepherd saying your name. On some, it was the impression left by teeth of the bear as it went for the jugular. Some, it's the claw of the lion as it reaches down with its sharp claws, fully extended to grab and rip into flesh and hold it down and suffocate it and rip out its throat so it can't breathe and kill it. But there's a shepherd that steps in, saves us from the gruesome, saves us from the gory details of life. Some may have lost an ear in the attack. Some may have lost an eye in the attack. Some may have lost a leg, but some may have lost so much blood that they seem so weak, and it seems like they're on their last day of sitting on a pew, and they're never going to come back again. They, they seem like their all hope is gone, and no one loves them, but then comes a shepherd. And you see them the next service sitting there. The next service you see maybe one hand go up and they're lifting and praising God. And in the next service you see the strength come back and they realize I'm back in the fold. I'm where I'm supposed to be. There's no better place to be in the house of God. And, and you see the realization of the love for the shepherd. And both hands are in the air and there's a testimony ringing within the heart all because a shepherd loved them. Some may have lost the bite-sized portions of their prey as a bear rips into their flesh. They're all damaged, but their remnants left for a king. Nobody is exempt from what I just described. Nobody can stand here and say, I stand here free of flaws. Because if you were, we could only just ask your children to testify or your spouse to testify. And my family could tell you, listen, he's not perfect. He's the father, he's my husband, but he's not perfect. God is perfect. He's my heavenly father. 
He's the one who I can love and open my arms up to, and he's perfect. He's pure. He's white. His intentions are never ill. He's always reaching for me and saying, listen, you'll never be the same from this world. Let my blood wash over you and make you new. Let me, let me pour something over you and let the blood just purge away everything, every thought that you've said, you know what, I never want to step through those doors again. God says, I'll give you a reason to walk through those back doors again. You may never walk the same. You may never see the same. You may never hear the same. You may never, never have the same peace in your life. You may never have the same security. You may always be caused to tremble in the presence of some people. You may always have the thunder that rolls within your life and causes you to shudder when you think about it. The palms get sweaty and the heart races. And you're saying, God, here back in this situation again and I thought you delivered me from this and if we look back through our tracks in the snow we'll see where we've stepped away from the flock and everybody else is around the shepherd but there comes a time where you must realize where you're standing today are you standing with the flock or are you walking away we go to the story of Jacob Jacob comes to the brook and wrestles with an angel the evening until the breaking of day it was there that he went from being Jacob to be called Israel. Yet he was permanently damaged in his thigh as the result of an encounter with a heavenly being. Wrestling was something that made an impact on his life. The chances of you walking through life and never being scarred is non-existent. You could say, no one's ever offended me. No one's ever done me wrong. Your day is coming. It will always happen in everybody's life. You can brag about it and say, I get along with everybody, but everybody doesn't get along with you. Just because your perception is so narrow and you think you never do anything wrong, God has a way of humbling us and allowing us to see how we really are and the impact we make on people's lives. I've heard preachers talk about it in story after story of having people in the church or places they pastored and, and them doing something wrong and they didn't really realize it, but the people sitting on the pew, maybe there's one person that took exception to it. Well, he always does this and it seems like he's always singling me out ill intentions that aren't meant uh, intentionally to do someone wrong or make them feel bad, but God will reveal to the pastor or reveal to another saint, says, you know what, yes, you're causing you're causing them to think ill of you and say, there they go again, doing me wrong. God has a way of revealing our flaws and giving us the remnants left for a king. The other sheep we see as being a part of this flock, the other sheep love the shepherd for the green pastures. The other sheep love the shepherd for the still waters. But as for me, I look back in my life and my testimony. I see where I was in the mouth of the lion, in the clutches of the bear. And there was a shepherd that reached into my life and tore me away from that situation and sat there and says, listen, son, don't ever do that again. There's a reason why you don't walk down this path. There's a reason why you don't go down this area because there's something that's going to destroy you. It'll leave a scar on your life. They've been torn from my, my soul and my, their joys that's been ripped from my life. And I look back and say, God, and if you've never had to pray for God to put joy in your life, I don't know where you've been, saint of God. It's where you sit there in the morning and you're saying, God, what's going on? I, I don't feel you. And, and just to be honest with yourself, you've been there. 
You're sitting there seeing the altars fill up and people worshiping and praising, and maybe you just don't feel it because something's torn the joy, the desire, the hunger out of your life, and you're sitting there saying, am I missing it, or is everybody else playing a game? What's going on, and how come I don't feel him? But God's saying, let me reach down in your life and pull you out and put some salve on these wounds, and, and you begin to feel the unction of the Holy Ghost, and you begin to feel the anointing and say, yes, this is what it's all about. It's because a shepherd reached down and loved you and cared for you and preached a message, and reached down with his hand and grabbed you and pulled you out. It may have left a scar. So you'll say, I never want to get to that place in my life again. This morning, sitting there studying, London was the first person up, and she come walking out through the darkness, and I heard her little steps walking, and she come up next to the chair, and she had her hand, and, and she's like, Daddy, I got an owie. And so she walks up, and I was like, oh, honey, let me see this owie. We got to get this taken care of. So she walks up there, and she shows me her little finger, little bitty spaghetti noodle in the air with a little nail on the end of it, and she's got the slightest little piece of pink where it's just been a little piece of skin pulled away. And I said, honey, everything's just going to be all right. So, all right, Daddy, that's all I needed, and she walks away. We do that a lot. Children come in bleeding, and for our own sake of retaining panic, we say, honey, everything's going to be all right. In the meantime, you're looking for bandages, you're looking for something to wipe it down and absorb the blood, and you're telling yourself everything's going to be all right. Children come in, they could be half their arm hanging off their body. Mama's saying, son, get over here, everything's going to, where's my, where's my first aid kit? Everything is going to be all right. In the meantime, dad's over there with his head in a trash can, which is me. But everything's going to be all right. Saints of God, the words of the shepherd, standing up preaching, saying if you just listen to the word of God, everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. You can then sing the song, it is well with my soul. Because who said something? Well, my heavenly father spoke to me through devotion. Well, my pastor, listening to the word of God, told me everything is just going to be all right. And he takes out his hand. And the prayers and putting bandages on your life is the prayers early in the morning saying your name. God, take care of brother so-and-so. Holding it, waiting for the blood to stop. God, take care of sister so-and-so. Putting another band-aid on your wound. Saying, God, help them today. You know the situation. Give them wisdom. Let them understand the direction they're going in. They need to change and come back to the house of God. It's another band-aid being put on a wound. Pulling you out of the clutches. Just the word of God. He delivers me. In our text, we find in Amos it tells us that some, some things weren't as good. The devourer destroyed and, and devoured so many of the flock and began his attack. And some sheep may have strayed away before the shepherd could get to them. And the, the damage had already been done. And we find that there was just an, air, an ear and a pair of legs laying on the ground. There's not much that can be done with an ear and a pair of legs. Just the remnant of a sheep who has strayed from the flock. Saints of God, this doesn't apply just to people who have never been filled with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't apply just to people who walk in the back door and, and say, you know what, this church isn't for me, and walk out and, and get devoured and absorbed through this filthy, wretched world. But it's saints of God who sit there as a sheep 
saying, you know what, he preaches that, but we don't really have to obey, obey that. You know, it's not in the word of God, so I don't know why he's saying those words. He's trying to keep you from being just an ear and a pair of legs. He's trying to keep you just from being devoured and consumed by a world that just wants to spit you out and throw you up in the gutters of this life. He's trying to preserve your soul from just being an ear and a pair of legs. Pastors' personalities and preachers' personalities in the messages they preach but most of the time it's from the experience in their life when they sit there and said God where are you at it's the same questions you ask today it's the same questions they've asked in the times when they're saying I want my pastor to pray for me I need a fellow minister to talk to to tell me it's going to be alright yet even in this context the prophet gives hope flock though damaged was delivered and it says, so shall the children of Israel be taken out of the mouth of the bear and the mouth of the lion. In spite of the enemy's attack, the people as a whole will be preserved. We see the scriptures where it says the devil's walking to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He doesn't say he's walking to see who he can be a best buddy with. He's not walking to see who can make a pinky promise with or who he can say he's my BFF. He's saying, I'm going to devour you devour. It doesn't mean to partially just bite into and play with. And I remember as a child, I was um, with my mother as she was babysitting another child and we was in the house. And, and I went out the door and, and I was walking around the backyard and there was a great big Siberian husky that was chained to the doghouse. And, and I was probably maybe three, three and a half years old. I'm walking and I did not care for dogs at the time and I'm walking and I go by the house and I'm hugging the house walking by thinking I was good but the chain on the dog was long enough to get to me next thing I know there's a dog standing over me with his jaw clamped down on my eye socket on my left eye and all of a sudden there comes someone running from a neighboring house and comes and pulls this blue-eyed white and gray Siberian husky off of me and blood's pouring down my face and and he rushes me inside and he gives me to my mom and she grabs the cloth and everything's going to be all right honey everything's just going to be fine and I remember laying there and going to sleep with a wet rag pressed to my brow and the blood soaking through and falling asleep and waking up and everything was all right we can walk through life, think, ah, I don't need a pastor in my life. I don't need the church. We get devoured. We think we can walk so close to the line. We think we can stand up right next to the fence and, and feed something and reach across from our place of refuge and feed something. But it, it also has the power to reach up and grab you where you sit because you're towing the line and thinking, I'll be all right. Something happens. It's a shepherd that reaches in and grabs you from the clutches of what wants to devour you. Had someone not come to my rescue as a young boy, I don't know what the situation would be. You hear of attacks. I don't know what scars I would bear outside of the one in my eyebrow where no hair grows and there's a scar there. And I don't know what would have happened, but I can tell you if I had never went to an altar and repented, I can tell you where I'd be at today. If I'd never listened to the word of God, if I always discredited my pastor or the preacher in my life, I could tell you where I'd be today. It wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to testify of the greatness of God. I would be as a lamb that walked away from everything. But the saints of God that come together, and we get together and we say, hey, pastor, 
This person over here, they're not coming. They're, they refuse and they're saying this. They're running down the church. You're not destroying them. You're saying, Pastor, they need attention. you got a cloth ready. Pray for them, God. Pray for them and let's reach out and talk to them and, and say, won't you come back to church? Don't, don't just leave. Don't just walk out those doors and never come back. Don't become an apostolic statistic for new life. Come back and sit on these pews and allow yourself to be refreshed. You may just be an ear and two pieces of leg that you think no one else will bring you back, but God restores the soul. God gets down and he touches us and says, why don't you let some of this blood flow? Why don't you let some of this blood wash over you? And he reaches out and touches us where we're at. Who are we when someone walks out and say, they're better off going that direction? Who are we to say, oh, you know what, they just need to find another place to go. You know, there's those extreme circumstances where there are no other options, but they should be very rare and should hardly be seen in the house of God, but they are there. They're very rare that someone has said, you really need to go somewhere else. But saints of God, it's not your time as pastors working to them to push them aside. It's your time to bind together and say, hey, we can do this. You can be here. You can sit on this pew. You can read this word. You can do this. You can live this lifestyle. You can get this in your heart and stay and stick. You can work through every adversity. It's all responsibility. When the sheep comes walking back in as the shepherd lays them down and they got blood streaming from their neck and he's tending to them and caring for them. It's our responsibility to get up next to them and say, hey, this is where you're supposed to be. This is the right place. He loves us. That shepherd, you know what? He don't stink. He's not one that's nasty. He may be covered in blood. He may be covered in mud. But you know what? He smells like sheep. He don't smell like a goat herder that's always driving and beating on a sheep and saying, go here, go there. But he smells like sheep because he's reached down and picked them up and held them in his arms and saying, you know what? That's really not best for your soul because he smells like sheep. The blood on his hands are the remnants left for a king where he's reached down and grabbed someone from the depths of despair that says, I want nothing to do with church. He reached down and he's put his arms around him and says, seriously, reconsider. Get down on your knees and pray again because there's never too few remnants left for a king. He will always say, world, are you done with that? Because I have a plan and a purpose for that plate that's going by. You were served on a silver platter to this world and regurgitated into the gutters of life and God will always reach down and say, hey, are you done with him? Have you done everything you could do to him? Because I got a plan for him. That person's going to stand up and he's going to preach. That person's going to be a soul winner. That person's going to walk in the pews and sing with a beautiful voice. That person's going to have a testimony that'll rock this world and everybody around them. Because somebody served them up on a platter and said, you know what, world? Here you go. But God has a plan for each and every one of us. The ideal is never to have sinned or never to have erred or never to have walked away from truth, never to have made the wrong decision, never to have strayed from the right and true way. I wish within my heart that I could turn back the times of my life and redo mistakes. I wish that I could look back on some things and say, you know what, that never, ever happened. I wish that in my testimony that I could say I never did that in my life. I wish I could reverse the actions of 
poor decisions in my life and said, I never said that and I've never influenced anybody's life. But rather than looking back, I choose to look forward and rejoice that the great shepherd gave me an opportunity. He gave me a place called an altar that I could walk to and say, I'm going to commit. I'm going to allow my life to be impacted by my shepherd. You're not perfect now. And it may seem like you never will be, but perfection will come through maturity. And when you see him face to face, you'll understand everything that happened in your life. It'll be a mural as you stand before the wall of life and you see where Douglas K. Goff started his life and the mistakes and the roads he went down. I'll be able to look and see every time. And I'll see in the background of God, his hand orchestrating every move, every gesture, every time. I'll see when I was low and when I said, I don't want this church. And I see what's being done to my daddy as a preacher. And I see what's being done to my daddy as a pastor. I don't want anything to do with this. And I don't want to follow in his steps. And this is just a a hoax. No one believes this. And you can't see God. And you'll see the times where God says, I'm here for you prove my existence and I'll prove my power and I'll prove my healing power and I'll prove to you that I'm real. You'll see that through your life and then you'll understand I'm perfect in him, not within myself. If we look around in closing, if the musicians would please come, we look around in our life, we see people that are damaged. We look at families and we see them damaged. We look at our loved ones, we see them damaged. We look at some of our children, and we see them damaged today. They might be damaged, but they can still be delivered. They might be what the world wants to cast aside and says, we're finally done with them. And as this world walks by, there's a mama, there's a daddy, there's a brother, there's a sister that's got down on their knees and prayed and said, please, God, touch so-and-so. Please, God, bring them back to the house of God. It's your prayers that keeps your loved ones putting bandages on their wounds and saying, God's still real. He's still here. We still have a testimony. It's your prayers that you can pray. It's your early mornings. It's your late nights. It's your lunch hours. It's your time at work when you can sit there and step back from your desk and say, God, touch them where they're at right now. It's your prayers where you can put them in the hands of God and say, God, put a shepherd in their life and allow them to pull them back. Can we stand today? Don't ever give up on your loved ones. The sinful nature of each and every one of us is selfish. It says pray for just me or pray for just my problem. But saints of God, we have the responsibility through every prayer we pray, pray for those around us. Pray for their souls. You're the one that keeps them from getting to just being two pieces of legs and an ear. You're the one, your prayers, that can hold them up and say, yes, I'll come by and pick you up and bring you to church. Yes, I'll pray for you. You may seem like, well, they're never going to walk through those back doors, but just the fact they're talking to you is God reaching to them. Just the fact that they're saying, hey, would you pray for me? Is the almighty God that spoke everything into existence reaching down and saying, I'm here and I'm still going to be here for you, reaching down. Can we pray today, saints of God? Can we talk to him this morning? Heavenly Father, we love you, Jesus. 
God, you see the scars, you see the wounds. You see, Master, what's in the clutches of the lion, and when you see what's in the clutches of the bear this day, God, you see every backslider. You see every person that's walked through these pews and, and sit on these pews and walked back out and said never again. God, you see every person sitting here today. You see every saint that walks in and worships you in this house. Talk to them today, Master. Allow them, God, to never give up hope. Allow them, God, to never walk away from you, Master. Keep them safe in your arms. Allow them to reach out to their shepherd in their life, God. Allow them to know and understand what's going on. Let them see their situation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we find a place to pray this morning? Amen, amen, amen. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's talk to him about us. Let's talk to him about our loved ones. Let's talk to him about those that you pray for every day, God. Hallelujah, Master. We worship you, Jesus. Your great name.